What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Delvon, as always, and welcome back to another great episode of Views from the Arch. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Mr. Price, who was shot by a Texas officer, and we'll be talking about a little more of a dated story. This one comes to us from Ohio about a police officer who tased a woman for not wearing a mask. Okay, everybody, today's episode is going to have two segments. Our first segment comes from Ohio. An Ohio woman was, uh, this is actually an event that happened on September 26th, and this was from uh, CNN. And it was about an Ohio woman who was uh, tased and a whole bunch of other good stuff while attending her kid's football game, but for not wearing a mask and complying with the mask requirements. So, this is per CNN. Circle was written by, uh, looks like, Karma Hassan. Um, this was written on September 26, 2020. CNN states, An Ohio woman was tased and arrested for refusing to leave a middle school football game after police uh, say she refused multiple requests to comply with school policy to wear a mask while watching the game. Alicia Kitts was in the stands watching her son's football game uh, in Logan, Ohio, on Wednesday when police say a school resource officer asked her to wear a mask. She refused, saying she had asthma. Logan police said, oh, Logan police said, Officer Chris Smith told her that if she didn't put on her mask, she'd be asked to leave. Okay. In a news conference yesterday, Governor Mike DeWine, DeWine uh, said Kitts was told that if she had asthma, she could get a face shield and come back for the game. Okay, I'm gonna stop here for a second. Uh, you know, I think personally this whole COVID. You know, I haven't done my COVID episode yet. Uh, I haven't done it on purpose, um, and I, I'm kind of waiting until right around mid-November, early December-ish, because I kind of want to see how flu season, you know, impacts and you know impacts this when people start getting sniffles and the runny noses and the red eye when they wake up, you know, and their allergies start to flare up. So I haven't released my COVID episode on purpose. Uh, so I'm trying to get too far into it right now. But, you know, a lot of what I think about this whole COVID thing is it's a whole lot of clown talk, right? It's clown talk. Um, you know, if you have, you know, if they're asking you to wear a mask, just wear the, just wear the mask. Just wear a mask. You don't want to do it? Okay, but no one cares. Wear the mask, right? Um, if you have asthma, okay, go get a face shield. And come back. If the school is going to provide you or the government facility is going to provide you or wherever you're going to provide you with a face shield, go get a face shield and come back. Right. It's <clears throat> kind of my whole thing. You know, um, does it suck? Sure. Is it inconvenient? Absolutely. Um, you know, but unfortunately, you know, the numbers would actually support we are in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Um, I think the pandemic could be a lot worse. It's not like some bubonic plague, right? Like we're not losing 60% of the population in a year. But, you know, by and large, it's a pandemic and people are getting sick and people are actually getting re-sick, right? So there's a lot of data to, to support that a lot of people are probably going to get sick. Now, not so many people are dying, but like I said, I'm going to try to digress on the COVID thing until I get to my COVID episode. So I'm just going to kind of stop here, though, that I think that a lot of these you know, generalized rules about the whole wear a mask, don't wear a mask, not going to wear a mask. Is it criminal? Is it not criminal? It's clown talk, right? It's clown talk. You know, if the government's going to say you have to wear a mask 
and then make the police have to enforce these mask wearing policies. But every state's different. So like the state I live in, police will not enforce mask wearing policies. You get reported to the health department and the health department will impose a fine if they so choose. And you'll be forced to pay a fee. If you don't pay your fine, of course, then the courts will handle it legally. You'll be jailed, right? Um, I know in certain states you can be arrested on misdemeanor charges for not wearing, uh, you know, a mask. In other states, it's just an infraction by the city, right? But either way, there's responses to all of these that aren't very universal. And I think they should be more universal in nature. But like I said, that's here nor there. So uh, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of bothering. But we continue. The female continuously refused his request, and Officer Smith advised her that if she refused that she refused to leave, she'd be cited for trespassing and escorted off the property. Okay, I mean that makes sense. You know, you're being uh, asked to leave a property, you're not leaving. The Logan Police Department said in a statement on Facebook, after several attempts to get her to leave, Officer Smith advised her she was under arrest for criminal trespassing, which sounds kind of like city level trespassing, like an infraction, uh, and asked her to place her hands behind her back multiple times, and she refused. The video of the incident shows uh, Kit shouting, get off me. You're not arresting me for nothing. I ain't doing nothing wrong. What the F is wrong with you people? The video did. <laughs> I only laugh because she's like, what's wrong with you people? And he's black. <laughs> Just some people. I, I know found that kind of funny. Uh, the video did not capture the initial confrontation. Police say Smith tried to place her hands behind her back and Kit's resisted. This is actually very true. Officer Smith advised her to comply or he would deploy his taser if she did not quit resisting. She continued to resist, and Officer Smith placed his taser on her shoulder area and drive-stunned her once, police said. A drive-stun, for some of you who don't know, is when you physically put the taser, the part that makes the electricity, on the skin of the person and or clothing, it works either way, of the individual which you're trying to tase, and you push another button that doesn't shoot the taser, but it starts, but it makes the electricity come out of the taser. So it starts to arc electricity and it shocks them, right? It's a, a lot of departments would call that a pain compliance technique, right? You're trying to make them as uncomfortable or make something as painful without torturing them, right? Obviously, you don't want to torture anybody as possible. So maybe they start saying, oh, whoa, I don't like that. You know, I'm my hands behind my back. That's kind of the general idea of a drive stun. A lot of people don't know that. Fair take a minute to explain that. Uh, Marita School. Marita School, Marita City School super, uh, Superintendent Will Hampton told CNN that not wearing a mask is violation of guidelines issued by the governor and the Ohio High School Athletic Association to every district in Ohio. It is critically important to understand that if we want to continue to enjoy athletics, these are the rules we must follow. If spectators choose not to follow the orders of the governor and the OHSAA, uh, we could lose the opportunity to participate in athletic competitions for our students and athletes. Um, our and we'll lose our ability to spectators to cheer them on, Hampton stated. Police say that Kitts was not arrested for failing to wear a mask. She was arrested for not leaving the property. And then she was cited for violating the school policy and was also cited for trespassing. Kitts' attorney, Maurice Thompson, told Cena in an email that she has injuries, of course, including a broken arm that I'm skeptical of. He did not respond to CNN's calls for fur uh, further explanation of her injuries because he's full of crap. In his email, her attorney wrote she committed no crime and thus committed no criminal trespass. The Logan school district total, uh, totally misapplied the law and misapplied it haphazardly and violently. He wrote 
Ms. Kitts explained that the policy that the police that the policy officer and well, there might be a typo that the police officer in the administration. Uh, yeah, they they kind of miswrote this paragraph. Anyways, Ms. Kitts explained to the policy officer and administrators that she has asthma, but they ignored her. Thompson wrote their position was that unmasking that unmasked asthmatics must leave the stadium with is with is not uh, consistent with any directive or other law. Seen and examined the statewide policy and did not find that there is a medical exception that it, that expressly covers those who have respiratory conditions that restrict breathing. Police say that after a country medical examiner, uh, that's weird you're called the country medical examiner, that after country medical uh examiner and county medical services had arrived kids refused treatment she was released at the scene logan police department posted on facebook that the arrest is an unfortunate incident for everybody involved and remains under investigation so you know a couple things um i don't believe she has a broken arm i watched the video i don't believe he used quite enough force to uh you know really break her arm um and from her reaction to the video i don't think her arm was broken um, you know, if it's an order by the governor that you wear the mask, and if you're not going to wear the mask, and if police have the right to arrest you or cite you for not wearing the mask, or ask you to leave an area in which you're not wearing a mask, and you refuse to, and you refuse to leave the area and wear the mask, I mean, you're trespassing, right? I mean, ultimately, you're being told to leave. It doesn't really matter the reason, because it's, uh, you know, you can be asked to leave. Um, an area by one the organization in which you're you know which space you're occupying so uh, a Starbucks a a school any private organization can say well, you need to leave right in, in most of the time public organizations like a school they can have you removed as well for violating their policies because they have certain policies as well in place so my whole issue with this is is that there's kind of a you know, there's kind of like two sides to this. Like, is it constitutional? Is it not constitutional? You know, the libertarian in me wants to kind of say, well, I mean, let people do whatever they want, right? Like, if you don't want to wear a mask, okay, but you're going to get sick. You know, that, that's the risk you run. And at the same time, people who wear their mask should be fine. The only problem is that, you know, it's a, the most deadly disease on planet Earth right now, and you're wanting me to wear a crappy surgical mask or a piece of cloth to stop it right which i mean has been cited only by you know the obviously the white house dr fauci but by the scene by uh but by the cdc those masks do not stop and this is what the problem is wearing a surgical mask will not stop you from contracting the disease if you're wearing a surgical mask in a room full of COVID positive patients you will contract the disease it stops you from spreading the disease right so the mask stops you from spreading, not contracting, which I think is the confusion on a lot of people's end. A lot of people say, well, I'm wearing my mask, so I'm fine. Well, not really. If you're in a room full of people who aren't wearing a mask, you're the only person wearing a mask, you're going to get sick. You're all going to get sick, right? And by and large, I mean, if it's a pandemic, like, you know, if this is actually a pandemic, and it's a, especially a viral pandemic, we're all going to kind of get sick anyways. You know, the general... You know, the way that we generally live in this country is on top of one another, right? Americans are very on top of each other. Uh, apartment buildings, working in office spaces, uh, interactions with, um, you know, 
We have services that go to you like ambulance, fire, police. I mean, we're very much an on top of you society. We're not very isolated, right? There's a lot of us. We have a lot of land. We have a lot of population. We're the fifth largest population in the world. There's a lot of people, right? We're, I mean, I don't want to say we're all going to get it. That's kind of being hyperbolic, but a lot of us are going to get sick, right? So, you know, I think, like I said, the libertarian in me really doesn't like the fact that I'm being told to wear a mask by the government. You know, I don't want to do what the government says uh, because, well, I don't, you know, that's dumb. I don't think you guys need to be telling me what I'm going to do, right? Why don't you guys work on you, like finding a vaccine or a cure? And if people don't want to wear a mask, they'll get sick. If they want to wear a mask, hopefully they won't get sick, right? You know, I don't think the government should be in the business of trying to delegate, you know, what the what an entire society should be doing all the time, which actually it seems they pulled back from that and they're not. A lot of states actually have individual mandates about how the mask, uh, you know, wearing versus not wearing should be handled. I guess in Ohio, you need to wear a mask, right? Um, same thing like in um, Missouri, where I live. You have to wear a mask. If you're going to go into a public place, you need to wear a mask, right? You cannot go into the gas station without a mask. You cannot go into the school without a mask. You cannot go into Walmart without a mask. You know, um, you can pump your gas outside without a mask. I know certain things like restaurants, right? Restaurants require you to, in Missouri, if you're going to be in a restaurant, which we have restaurants that are open and some places don't, but we do, you have to wear a mask if you're going to walk about, right? If you're going to walk about from your table to the bathroom or your table to the bar or something like that, right? You have to wear your mask. If you're going to be stationary because everybody's spread six feet apart, you can remove your mask because hopefully the person you're with, you're comfortable not wearing a mask around. If not, you're going to get really messy when you go to eat your food, right? So I think that part of the problem is there's not a centralized way of handling the mask. Um, I wish, I kind of wish the government would have just mainstreamed it, been like, hey, uh, here's what we're going to do for the phases of reopening, right? Um, here's what we're going to do about the mask wearing. You know, wear the mask. If you're in this place, wear the mask. If you're going to go to a restaurant, you can take it off your sit. I mean, I wish that the government did kind of have a more, um, you know, kind of like mainstream, like mainstreaming of mask policy. But I understand why we divulge to the states because states are, you know, generally autonomous and they deserve to do their own thing. So I kind of, you know, I mean, I like small government. I do appreciate that. Um, but I think that it starts getting tricky when we start putting like, you know, like mask wearing is criminal. This is now a police matter. Police now have the right to arrest you because if you don't want to go to jail for not wearing a mask and the police are like uh, cuff up. And you're like, no, well, you're end up getting tased, right? You're end up getting tased. One, most police use of force, the taser comes before actually going hands-on. So she should have been tased first. She should have been tased first, right? And then she should have been hands-on, right? Because generally when you go hands-on with somebody, you have more of a chance of hurting them, you know, twisting of the arms and possible striking. You have more of a chance of you know, bruising, damaging, breaking of, you know, you know bodily and, you know, more bodily injury. The whole, the hope of the taser is I tase you, you lock up, you know, you, you, you go like you, you go all rigid, you fall, I cuff you, we're done. Right. That's kind of how it's once, how it wants to be. And if you watch enough, please, if you watch enough videos, police videos, you'll kind of see that a lot. Actually, people will go rigid, they'll fall. Police will, you know, kind of get on top of them, hands, handcuffs, and we're going to go to jail. 
So, you know, I know some states have it as a criminal act. Some states have it as more of like you're it's a civil beef with the state. The CDC is going to cite you for, you know, a violation. It could be a violation cited to you by the city where they they basically send you a bill in the mail and they're like, here's your fee. Uh, thanks for not wearing your mask. You can now feel free to pay for that new pothole that we're going to have to fill. Um, and in some states, it's criminal. It, you could be arrested. You can go to jail, right? Lose your job. Criminal record, not wearing a mask. I, I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> um, I'm really not a fan of it being the police's duty initially. I think initially the state should be handling it. And if the state, you know, if the state sends you a bill and you're like, well, I'm not going to pay this because, you know, screw you, then I think the state, you know, then has the right to maybe issue out a warrant for your arrest and you can either go to, then you can go to jail. Uh, if you don't want to pay your fine, we can go to jail, right? Uh, those are your two options. You know, the state could try, you know, Hey, we tried sending them the fee first, but you don't want to pay it. So now we're taking it out and you know, he's going to pay us some time. Um, I don't really know what the right answer is to that. I've heard, I've heard really good arguments for both. Yeah. I've heard really, really good arguments for both. Um, this is kind of why, uh, later on this, uh, later on, I think in November, we're going to have a guest on talking about uh, COVID and kind of that whole scenario, you know, making it more of a civil thing versus a criminal act. Um, so I don't know where I stand on that. Uh, I understand. I understand the need for both. I don't just want to like more. Um, I I think a healthy dose, I think a healthy mix is probably is probably the way to go. But I mean, where I live in Missouri, you know, it's not a police matter that you're not going to wear your mask. We're not going to roll up and throw you in the handcuffs and throw you in the jail. But I mean, but Missouri is doing OK. I mean, we're doing OK. I mean, obviously we have COVID cases, but we're doing OK. It's not like the whole state's just dropping dead in the street. So, I mean, you know, but then again, you have more densely populated areas like New York City, right? Los Angeles, um, Miami, you know, you have more densely populated areas where it's if you're going to, I mean, COVID destroyed New York City. I mean, it ravaged the city. It was, Bodies were literally stacking in the street, right? I know we didn't see it on the news. No one talked about it. But if you looked hard enough, you found the articles. They were literally putting bodies in the street outside of the hospitals. They were lining the hallways of hospitals with dead bodies from these COVID patients. So many people were dying in New York City at one time. So I don't know. I don't know if it should be criminal. I don't know if it shouldn't. I do know that if you're not going to wear your mask, you're not going to wear a protective boundary, a protective barrier, you are endangering people around you, which isn't really fair to the people around you, right? That's not fair that you get to endanger me because you don't want to wear a mask. Now, if you do have asthma, I mean, baby, I'm sorry, bring your inhaler or you have to go. <laughs> you're going to have to watch it from the car and be like, somebody send me a Snapchat. Because you you can't be out here wheezing and huffing and puffing and coughing, and we don't know if you have COVID or not. That's not fair to everyone else, especially the children. They're trying to play this game. They might later on be interacting with you. Now you're wheezy like the Carter Five. Go ahead and breathe it all over them. I mean, like, come on. So I don't know what the right answer is, but I know that the masks are kind of for everyone's benefit. And even I'm not a fan of wearing it. It's tedious. I find myself, you know, being like, darn, like I got to wear this mask to go in the store, walk all the way back to my car, grab my mask, put it on. It's a little uncomfortable. It fogs up my glasses. I have complaints as a glass user. If somebody uses glasses, this isn't fair. Anyways, 
but it does protect general public. So wear it, right? Wear it. You're not going to win your civil. I mean, I know some people are like, we're suing. You're not going to win your civil lawsuits on the mask thing. You're just not. You're not going to win a lawsuit. You're not going to win a court case. You're not going to argue with a judge or a cop or a lawyer or the governor or the mayor or anybody. They're going to be like, wear the mask. Wear a mask. Or don't leave your house. Those are your options. Anyways, that's it for that segment. Uh, my big thing about that is when the officer says, we're going to have to cuff you up, ma'am, or you need to leave, your best bet's just to, like, leave and maybe get in contact with an administrator and be like, well, how can I come back into the game? Well, here's this other barrier for you that doesn't require us restricting your, uh, putting around your mouth. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Or if the officer says, we're going to go to jail now, well, guess what? We're going to go to jail. I mean, if you resist arrest, you will probably be dealt with. And you're not going to like the, the dealing withs, right? You're not going to like that. So that's just the article. That's my two cents. Uh, I know both these articles actually, uh, I wasn't actually planning on doing them, but they were sent to me by a couple of subscribers and a bunch of viewers. And they're like, hey, man, we need you to talk about this. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. This one's a little dated. The next one's not. Um, so when we come back from our break and our message from our sponsors, we're going to go and get into what happened in Texas. So we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again, I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual and to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. Okay, we're back. And now we're talking about Jonathan Price and Officer Sean Lucas. So, this is another CNN article. Um, we're going to go and use a CNN article today for the basis of kind of talking about it. Now, I'll, I'll kind of give my two cents. Um, so, let's go ahead and get into it. A Texas police officer stands uh, stands charged with murder in the shooting of 31-year-old black male as a preliminary investigation determined his actions were deemed unreasonable, authorities said. Wolf City Officer Sean Lucas responded to a call about a possible fight at 8 p.m. Saturday just north of the city center. The Texas Department of Public Safety said Wolf City is about 70 miles northeast of Dallas. And it's kind of weird for them to say that, but okay. I don't really know how that was even relevant. Officer Lucas made contact with a man later identified as 31-year-old Jonathan Price, who was reportedly involved in a disturbance. Officer Lucas attempted to detain Price, who resisted in a non-threatening posture and began walking away, uh, a DPS statement said. My, I guess that's probably a Dallas Police Department statement. Lucas used his taser and then fired his weapon, hitting Price. The statement said Price died at a hospital, according to, according to the statement of the police report. And the preliminary investigation indicates that the actions of Officer Lucas were not objectively reasonable. Price was intervening in a domestic dispute and was never and was never violent before Lucas shot him, said S. Lead Merritt, the attorney for Price's family. 
The situation was resolved before law enforcement arrived, according to a witness, uh, the attorney said. While this officer still felt the need to tase and shoot Jonathan is beyond comprehension. Attorney, attorney Robert Rogers, who was representing Lucas, said, uh, said Price did not claim to be uninvolved innocent party before Lucas attempted to detain him. After Mr. Price refused repeatedly uh, repeated instructions and physical resisting, Officer Lucas deployed his taser and continued to give Price instructions. Mr. Price resisted the efforts of the taser and attempted to take it away from Officer Lucas. Okay. So, I guess up until now, I guess it's... So, we'll keep reading. I, I, I'll, I'll go into that. We'll keep reading. Um... Rogers said a statement Tuesday night, Officer Lucas only discharged his weapon in accordance with Texas law when he was confronted with an aggressive assailant who was attempting to take his taser. A preliminary autopsy report from the Dallas County Medical Examiner's Office provided a few details aside from the cause of death, gunshot wound, obviously. A full report is expected to be released in six to eight weeks. Texas Rangers booked Lucas into the Hunt County Jail on Monday. It is not clear where Lucas is being held or if, his, or if he is bonded out. He is not listed in County Hunt Jail's online roster. They probably won't list him because that's for his safety. The Hunt County District Attorney Office uh, has yet to contact Price's family. Merritt said Tuesday afternoon, adding that he and the family would visit Noble Walker's office uh, in person after their emails and phone calls were not returned. Normally, Merritt said prosecutors' offices have advocates who reach out to families when loved ones are killed, and he wonders why the rules won't apply when a policeman is charged with murder. They have no idea what happened in the in this case. We still haven't received any official report from anyone, he told reporters. Walker's office has not returned CNN's call seeking information in the case. Okay, so no one's really got any additional information. Um, so, oh, there's a small segment on protest. Okay, well, well, you know, we'll we'll keep reading. Price's death follows a summer of outrage and demonstration protesting the police killing of black Americans, including Breonna Taylor and others. The action against Lucas is the latest example of police speedily, speedily arresting their own and controversial shootings. All right. So we're actually going to stop and talk about a few things. So it sounds like from one standpoint, he was, it sounds like from the police standpoint, we're trying to claim he was involved in a domestic for some reason he needed to be detained. And then for some reason, we got to a point where he was like, no, the cop tased him and attempts to detain him. And whether he made furtive movements for the taser, whether he was, I don't really know. This all sounds like it's very much preliminary. The officer felt threatened enough to shoot him. So I don't, I don't know to, I don't know exactly to what, you know, uh, to what reasonableness that he reached for the taser. I don't know if he grabbed the taser. I don't know if he took the taser. If he took the taser, then this is going to try to change things. If that's on video. Um, I, I'm really not for sure. It's all kind of vague. There's not like a ton of details. Um, I'm hoping to actually come back to this story in a couple weeks when there's more details. And I'm sure that there will be. I'm sure this will probably make national news at some point um, in the longevity of things. And it sounds like from one standpoint, no standpoint, though, he was bystander observing this altercation, chose to get involved, chose to break up the altercation, and then felt like, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything illegal. I'm going to leave. 
and this altercation with the police kind of started, right? Um, I don't really have enough to I don't really have enough to give a judgment one way or another. Um, my initial judgment is, um, you know, I don't know if the off. It doesn't really sound like the officer needed to get overly involved. Um, I just don't know. I mean, there's just there's really not enough information. I think that this looks really bad on the law enforcement's perspective. I don't think this is a very good uh, mark for law enforcement right now. I think this is going to be another strike, kind of how Brian Taylor was a strike or is becoming a strike. Um, so that's just kind of my two cents about the incident. I mean, basically, I kind of need more information if I can give a more in-depth opinion, but I wish I had video. Um, I even checked Twitter for video, and there wasn't even any video there which is crazy because Twitter always has video. Um, you know, so as I just read though, the, you know, the, in CNN article, they're kind of talking about um, the protesting of police killing black Americans and kind of the speedy arrest of police and controversial shootings. Uh, you know, there's two things I have kind of wrong with this. One, I would say this, a lot more police officers are just going to jail after shooting somebody. Um, You know, this is good and this is bad. I think it's bad in a way you're going to create more dangerous situations for law enforcement where they're nervous basically of, well, if I shoot this guy, am I going to go to jail, right? Am I going to spend my life in prison? Am I going to get my face plastered all over the news? my family have to move cities? Am I going to have to find a new job somewhere in Florida, like Darren Wilson, you know, it's going to become one of those things where, you know, law enforcement isn't going to engage in extremely dangerous or risky situations because they're going to be nervous that, well, if I'm on video or if I'm on eyewitness and somebody hasn't caught the whole incident and all they kind of see is me tasing this guy fighting for a taser and I shoot him, Right. No one knows the backstory. No one knows what the call for service was for. No one knows, you know, that really his his uh, baby mama was was trying to say that he had a gun and he was reaching in his pockets and, you know, whatever it might be. Um, whatever it might be. Um, I think you're going to create a situation where law enforcement is going to stop going to those really dangerous. The things you need them to go to, they're not going to go to. They're just not going to be like, well. If I run the risk of shooting this guy, I'd rather him just escape. And we'll catch him later, right? Or, you know, if I run the risk of shooting this guy, I'd rather him just flee. I'd rather him shoot at, you know, or he's end up shooting at me or somebody else. And I think you're going to create a substantial risk for one, law enforcement officers, and two, the public, right? Because ultimately, no one's going to risk their freedom or their personal safety for, I mean, police officers do it for strangers all the time, but reasonably, right? They're not going to unreasonably risk their freedoms, right? They're just not. So, you know, the speedy arrest thing is, I think, more political. Um, and I think you need to be careful doing it uh, because that could always trickle over to the citizen side as well, right? That I mean, really, it could. Um, you don't want to have political hang trials, right? You don't want to have, pol- have trial by lynching, right? That's something that we just don't want to do. Um. You know, uh, I don't really think that, I mean, I, I, I will agree that some of the police shootings um, with black Americans have been a little iffy. 
some of the police shootings with white Americans have been a little iffy. For me, this is not a race thing yet. Um, yeah, I know some people are calling this racially motivated because the guy's white and whatnot, whatnot. My thing is this. If you want to prove to me it's racially motivated, okay, I'm setting the bar. Prove it to me. I mean, really, if you're listening to the, I mean, really, if you're if you're one if you're one of my subscribers or you're one of my audience, and you're listening to this. Prove it to me. Send me something that says it's racist. I want to see his arrest history. I want to see this guy's complaint file. I want to see this guy's where does he patrol at usually? What's the demographics where he patrols at? What's the demographics of people he's arrested? Where the dem- we know what what does his home life say? You know what does his social media say? What how can you prove to me that this person, right? This person is racist. You have to prove that. We just can't deem people racist. Like, oh, racist. No. How is he racist? You have to tell me how he's racist. I mean, unfortunately, in a country where we're kind of like more of a melting pot, you're going to have people who are of darker skin tone be the victims of wrongdoing, whether it's by the system or not by the system. And additionally, there are still more, uh, there are still a majority of Caucasian people in this country. This is the way it just is right now. So if you're going to call something racist, we have to make it, you have to be able to prove that. It's just not everything a not everything done against a person of, you know, a black person or a Hispanic person is racism, right? It's just not. It can't be, right? And black people and people of darker skin tones or minority descents cannot be innocent based on their skin color. They just can't be. It, it can't work that way. The system doesn't work that way, right? So let me continue. The Atlanta officer who shot Rayshard Brooks was filed and turned himself in on murder charges less than a week after shooting. In George Floyd's death, police within days uh, leveled murder and manslaughter charges at Minneapolis. Uh, Officers seen kneeling on George Floyd's neck. We're actually still waiting on results from both of those. Um, In Fort Worth, Texas, it took police only two days to charge an officer accused of fatally shooting Atlanta Jefferson. Ooh, I'm sorry. Not Atlanta. I read that really quick. At Atenita, Atenia Jefferson through the window of her home. I remember that case. Uh, video shows protests around dusk Monday filling the streets in front of the parking lot where Price was shot. They listened uh, to speaker to speakers, hugged and chanted, and lit candles for a vigil after nightfall. I actually have not heard of any rioting on this one, so this sounds about right. One protester carried an upside-down American flag, a sign of distress, uh, while others, actually it's not a sign of distress, but I'll leave that one alone. While others uh, hoisted an American banner uh, in the pan-African colors of red, black, and green. The hundreds of demonstrators carried on peacefully until small groups of white counter-protesters, one carrying a long rifle, I see we're going like this, another walking a German shepherd on a leash, arrived and were confronted, uh, the video shows. It is not clear from the video what was said, but some of the angry protesters uh, had to be separated from the man with the gun, who was eventually convinced to leave. The peaceful, the peaceful air prevailed, and protesters began chanting, "Don't start, you know, don't start no poo, won't be no poo." Like I said, no one try cussing the pro, no one try cussing the podcast. Uh, you know, the the whole protest counter protest thing. I'm starting to see a lot more of too. Um, I honestly don't know much about this counter protest. I don't think this one got really out of hand only because this hasn't like really hit like my national news feed, right? Like 
when I check my smart news, when I'm checking my my kind of sources for things, this didn't really pop up as like, oh, big protest, ah, big counter protest, ah, big incident. No, it was like, hey, you know, the a police officer shot this guy, there's some protests, some counter protesters showed up, it's sad, and Q scene, right? That's kind of how it is. Um, you know, I was reading uh, from an online source that this that the that Mr. Price was a supporter of law enforcement. Yeah, I think even on his uh, Facebook page, he had made a post about, you know, hey, you know, give law enforcement benefit of the doubt. I've never been racially profiled like the, uh, you know, by law enforcement. Um, you know, I've never been the victim of X, Y, Z. Um, and I don't I don't think he was racially profiled this time either. Um, but I mean, that re that remains to be determined, right? We don't know that. So. You know, obviously he could have been. Obviously he couldn't have been. I think it remains to be determined. Um, hopefully he wasn't. I'm sure that he wasn't. And I think that more facts are going to come out about this case a little later. Um, so I'll be sure to give more updates as that happens. Like I said, uh, I, I was sent these articles and kind of asked to talk about them a little bit. Um, there's just a lot we don't know about you know, in general about, uh, the shooting itself. We don't know about the circumstances and the facts. We don't know about kind of what happened. There's been no video release, no body cam. So I think when a lot of that comes back and like I said, six to eight weeks when the autopsy comes back and kind of, you know, the entire story gets pieced together, we're going to see what happened. I think that's going to be a time to really talk about it. As of now, I will say this, it looks really bad for the officer. It looks like we got a little too excited. We got a little too nervous. We got a little too, I don't know. And we pulled the trigger, right? No, kind of looks like the officer might have got into something he didn't, he kind of need not be a part of. Um, you know, I mean, as law enforcement, people aren't always going to want to talk to you and you're going to kind of be okay with that. Sometimes you've said to be like, the disturbance is gone. Okay. No one's hurt. Okay, I'm going to slowly back away. No one's stopping me. I'm in my squad car, and we are, yes, leaving, right? Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, I don't need to be here then. Like, uh, we're cool, right? Everybody's cool, right? Okay, no one's going to jail. No one's reporting a crime. I'm going to leave. So, I don't know. We will see. Hopefully, there's body cam, right? Hopefully, we get a more clear picture of what happened. I think body cam... Like I always said, protects the officer and protects the citizens, protects the officer from false allegations, protects the citizens by making sure that people act accordingly, because if not, well, you will be discovered, right? So hopefully there's body cam, we get to view that, and um, hopefully this situation becomes resolved. I don't want to see this one uh, particularly drag out and underneath the rug, and I hope that it continues to be reported on and continues to be followed. Um, I'm part of several groups where several people are following it and they're giving updates uh, actually it's how I discovered the article. And then, um, someone on my, I posted it kind of to my base. I had a couple comments, not too many, but more people, uh, messaged me directly and said, Hey, you just want to kind of talk about it for a minute and just kind of get it out there. I said, sure. You know, I know a bunch of people who messaged me were saying, you know, Hey, I don't think we, I mean, Hey, Hey, uh, D I don't know if we have enough, you know, evidence to really be, you know, saying either, you know, it's murder or it's not murder. I had, I had a lot of people saying, Hey, I don't know if you should have been charged with murder because typically you wouldn't charge them with murder unless you have the proof to charge them with murder. You might interview them, right? You might talk to that person. You might uh, have a suspicion 
But usually you wouldn't put that person in jail for murder unless you're like 100% you did they murdered somebody, right? Um, I had a bunch of people, I also had more, I also like people text me though, or not text me, message me and say, hey, that guy should go to jail. I mean, he kind of got involved in a way that he might have overstepped. Um, so, you know, I, I really, I'm not really for sure at this point. Um, we'll have to kind of wait and see if, like I said, more facts and the evidence to come out. But at this point, it does look bad. So with that being said, um, I'm going to follow this one closely as well and um, kind of make sure I keep up with it. Because I would like to bring this back in another segment, and I'm guessing this won't go away. The same way we're still waiting for Rayshard Brooks, same way I'm still waiting for George Floyd and some of those other cases to kind of come through and, and kind of fall through. But at least I get the general article out there. People can kind of at least hear what's being said. I didn't want to go, you know, I and I purposely, and some people ask me, you know, why are you choosing CNN? Um, I purposely chose CNN because I don't want, you know, um, I don't want to use a right-leaning source. I don't like want to, like somebody sent me an article from Police One. I don't want to use that because that's, obviously pro-law enforcement, right? I don't want to use an article from, um, you know, the Daily Wire. They're obviously Republican, right? I don't want to use an article from the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're obviously too far left-leaning. And while I still think that CNN is, by and large, not very dependable and left-leaning, I also acknowledge the fact that CNN is the general news source that most people are gathering their news information from, right? I mean, if you really do look at like the polling and news, Fox News is actually ranked number one. And then you kind of have like CNN and a couple others below it. So I didn't want to go with Fox because I don't want to be accused of being the Fox guy. Uh, so I figured CNN was probably our next best route. And yeah, I think CNN on both of our articles today kind of delivered fair assessments. I don't think that they were one way or another um, accusatory or persecute or, you know, trying to persecute one side or the other. So that was appreciated. Um, so all in all, I think CNN did a pretty good job on these. And that's kind of why I, you know, chose to use them as reviewing the articles. I said, hey, you know, this will be good articles to review. These articles aren't uh, overly biased by and large. And these articles should uh, kind of, you know, meet the cut, you know, meet the standard. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my thoughts on the shooting. I think it's very sad that this young, that this young man is dead. Um, I think it's very sad that the shooting happened. Uh, as far as criminally, I don't know the criminality of the situation yet. Uh, I hopefully we'll know that soon. I don't want to jump the gun and say, yeah, rabble, 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 arrest that guy, cop goes to jail, blah, blah, blah. No. But I also don't jump the gun and say, hey, he's innocent, man. You leave that dude alone. No, I'm saying that I don't know. Quite frankly, we don't know. Quite frankly, the only people who know are Mr. Price, the officer, and God. And no one knows what they all three know yet. Because two of those people can't talk to us, right? So now we're waiting to piece it together, okay? So I urge people this, and I've urged it in several groups I'm in online. I've urged it among several of people who have messaged me. Have an open mind. Do not look at this through, do not look at this through critical race theory. Do not apply that. I've said it before. I think critical race theory is very bad. Do not look at something and say, well, black man dead, white guy did it, racist. No, it's not racist. Because then the the same over application of that logic will be applied to, okay, white guy dead, black man did it, racist, right? 
So any crime that is that is interracial will now be considered a hate crime, right? It's always going to be racist. No, wrong. You have to prove the racism, right? Let them prove the racism. They will slowly prove it. If it's there, it will come to light. It will. It really, really will, right? And the reason why it doesn't a lot is because, in my personal opinion, there's not a lot of racist people. <laughs> That's the reason you don't see it a lot. It doesn't come to light a lot because there's not a lot of racist people. So, like, for example, uh, when the Plainview Project hit, and I think it was like 2018 the, or 2019 the Plainview Project hit, it exposed some racist people in law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. And law enforcement had to kind of check itself and acknowledge that that had just happened. And it was pretty big. That was pretty big in law enforcement when that happened. Um, but they didn't get that many people. I mean, they only got like 20 people. I, I mean, if you look at the grant and you look at how many people are actually in law enforcement to only say like, well, these, you know, I think it was actually before. I think it was like 150 people that they're like, these are racist cops. But then like only like less than 20 were actually found to have racist material right on their social medias the rest of them were like the rest of them were things like well i I remember i think i remember a post being um you know uh, i think it was a meme where it said tell me the difference between the kkk and blm now is that in bad taste sure um is that a little ignorant sure is it racist no because you then have to understand what are we talking about right if you're going to call this officer racist, and I'm not trying to defend his actions. I'm just trying to say, like, to look at it as racism, what is your objective standard for racism? Is it brick and mortar? And when I say brick and mortar, I mean, is it the belief that one race is superior to another strictly based on the color of one's skin? Is it racial superiority by color of skin? Or is it discriminatory, which has become the new racism? Discrimination has become the new racism. So if it's discriminatory in nature then to me, it's not racism. It's just discriminatory. Now, if you can prove to me that this officer killed him because he's black, well, then we have racism because you've done something based on the color of somebody's skin. It's hatred. It's a hate crime, right? We actually have a lot of laws constructed in this country against that. However, if you can't justify to me or bring me a reasonable and coherent argument that that is what happened, then to me, I'm sorry, it's not racism. It's a black American was killed by a white American, and that's unfortunate. And if it's deemed to be homicide, then someone needs to be sitting in a in a in a in a ten by ten for it, right? So you, I tell P, I keep stressing this, and I haven't gotten to a segment where I've actually talked about critical race theory. I'm actually waiting for a couple of interviews uh, that are going to be coming in November to discuss it. Um, however, I think that we need to take a step back from this racial thing, right? This looking at everything through this racially charged, racially motivated concepts, right? Not everything is racist. It doesn't have to all be racist. So I know I kind of got off the offbeaten path on it. Those are my two cents. Uh, I hope everybody today enjoyed the podcast. So those are NBR. So those are our articles for the day, guys. Um, like I always say, like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We're actually gaining a lot of traction on uh, Facebook. We're getting a lot of traction on Twitter. 
I'm about to make, uh, I always, I promised on Facebook, I'm announce it now. I'm making a link tree. Makes it easier for you guys to get to all of the places podcasts will be, can be heard and to get to the social media. Uh, hopefully I can throw my Pantheon on there when I get my Pantheon up and going. Like I always say, any donation, no matter how small, goes straight towards equipment, getting great guests, and achieving uh, some type of travel. To I would like to go to some areas of this protest and get some really good live on the ground um, conversations with some people. Uh, we're going. We're working on also getting a YouTube up and going. Um, that's a little more difficult, uh, but hopefully this podcast will be able to be brought to you one on YouTube. And number two, still being brought to you on wherever you get your podcasts. Because I understand that some people don't really have the, don't really want to use the YouTube capabilities they like to use. You know, their Spotify, they like to use um, their, uh, you know, their anchor or their, or their, uh, their breaker or whatever it is you're using to listen to podcasts or Apple Casts. Um, so to all my subscribers, thank you for your subscriptions and please keep subscribing. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And as promised, some of you have, uh, some of my subscribers have forwarded me some pretty good guests, um, you know, some professionals and some pretty good guests. And we're actually gonna have some of them on in the coming month of November and, and the most likely coming into December. So like I keep saying, share this podcast, like this podcast, get new people to listen to this podcast and keep our listens going up, 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 because right now we are in a very good time. And uh, right now, this is an extremely good time for this podcast. And I do want to say while I'm on here that I do appreciate everybody who's been uh, kind of keeping up with the podcast and everybody who's been um, kind of supporting the podcast, whether it's through your donations, through your views on uh, the Facebook and kind of, I know if I had a bunch of people start sharing the podcast. So um, I do appreciate you guys a lot. Also, this podcast did make it onto a medium.com article by Robert Bear. Uh, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, Bear, B-E-A-R. On October 3rd, your article was posted. It was 16 um, of the, it was 16 uh, political podcasts. And my podcast did make it on there, Views from the Arch. Um, feel free to go to that article, check it out. You guys can also find some uh, pretty, you guys can also find some friends of mine on there, and these other podcasts and the political podcast community. Um, so hopefully everybody feels free to go on there and not only look for my article, but also look for other people and kind of start to uh, kind of start to see what it was all out there if you knew political podcasting. So. Like I always say, stay safe, wear your mask, be healthy. Catch you guys next time.